Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast, where we talk about all things OCD. The show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace professional mental health care. Here's your host, Christina Orlova. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Kelly Frank. And Kelly is a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety. She received her degree in Pepperdine University, and she uses CBT, mindfulness-based CBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, acceptance commitment therapy, all in her work with her clients with OCD at the OCD Center of LA. But she's also a co-author of the BFRB's subscription series called Reflections on Skin Picking and Hair Pulling. And she's a co-host of Purely OCD Podcast on All Things OCD. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. Thank you. Um, I am super excited that I get to have you today and that we're going to be talking a little bit about a couple of things that have come up quite a bit for listeners and especially as we're in this holiday season and kind of wrapping up 2021 and heading into 2022 and what another year. I know. Um, yeah. Hopefully this one will be better. We're crossing fingers. Everybody's yeah, crossing fingers. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so a couple of kind of bigger questions that I've received um, I wanted to address today with you. Um, one of the questions that comes up quite often is people ask, you know, how do OCD symptoms return? And this is a question I think that's, you know, for folks who've either had treatment like ERP or maybe they did some self kind of guided course, um, or maybe they haven't even fully quite done it yet, but they feel like things keep coming back. So I think this is a question that comes up a lot. Like why, why, and how do symptoms return? If you can talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. So I think that it's kind of a tricky question because I don't know for me personally, if OCD has ever gone, um, entirely. So I assume the question is more geared towards when there's a new flare-up, right? Or is that what? That's what I would think. I, I think, you know, so I think in general, there's two things. I think some folks feel like, you know, if I get treatment, then somehow like it will kind of stop. And sometimes people do experience everything subsides and it's kind of quiet and, and people feel kind of excited. Like, okay, like I'm back to my old self. Like I'm, everything's good. I got my life back. And then suddenly, bam, right? It, there's a trigger or there's a flare-up or an old theme or a new theme. Um, and so I think there's going to be frustration in that process. And this is kind of a question that keeps coming up of like, my God, like what, why, why does it keep coming back? Or why does it, um, you know, what, why do these symptoms return? Right. So uh, the way I would address it is OCD is a lifelong disorder, which I know people don't like to hear, but it isn't a death wish. It isn't this chronic, there can be remission, of course. And oftentimes if there is treatment, there will be right? Like people respond to ERP very well. And, um, you know, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many reasons why OCD could come back. I often see it when there's a huge life transition or trigger like that, like moving, getting married, having children, all the major ones, right? Going to college. Um, ultimately, we don't really have control over when OCD wants to come back though, right? It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen but we can use the tools that we've been taught and what we use hopefully ongoing 
which has kept us in remission to mitigate that next flare up. But that doesn't mean it will ever even come, right? We have no certainty in that either. Mm-hmm. So that's my experience of it. Yeah. And, and I wonder too, if as you were talking, I was just thinking about um, even if let's say somebody has done ERP um, and let's say the things are kind of more quiet and maybe they don't feel like they kind of need to do much planned exposure work or anything and they're just kind of going about their life. And then, you know, I, I think one of the things that I definitely have seen sometimes and I myself have certainly been guilty of doing is, you know, when sometimes <laughs> you kind of, I'm sure, right. Like you're not paying attention a little bit and then, you know, you kind of like little compulsions <laughs> creep in. Yeah. Right. And that's how I always tell people there's no such thing as a small compulsion because once you do a little bit of something and then if you're not paying attention and you're absent minded before you know it, suddenly you're starting to feel more anxious, more restless, more uncomfortable. Things seem to be escalating a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Whoops. Um, and you might have yeah. not even realized that you just started to compulse. Um, yeah, just compounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so staying vigilant. But I also think it's tricky. I don't want to tell people, you know, you have to do exposure work all the time and be just on guard because that's also not helpful either, right? So my goal is to help uh, my clients anyways, just that's how they live now, right? Integrate into I'm going to live a more mindful way and I'm going to be more present and that it's okay that every once in a while I do slip and I do take, you know, OCD or anxiety takes control of the wheel, Mm -hmm. but to come back faster and faster each time. Yeah. Um, But for sure, if we're going to get complacent with it um, entirely and be like, oh, it's fine. The permission giving statements, right? Like one compulsion won't matter. Mm we'll see how that goes. If we keep doing it, right. It's going to compound. It's going to make it harder, even harder than it would have been right before that. If you had not done a bunch of compulsion. So the next time it comes around, it's going to be 10 times harder to resist it. So yes, being definitely uh, cognizant of the fact that it is a lifelong disorder and knowing that, you know, you're somebody who has OCD and that your brain tends to do this and, no different than somebody who has, you know, some type of health issue is like, okay, I have a health issue. My heart's bad. Okay. So sometimes when I do X, Y, and Z, these things happen and this is how I handle it. Yeah. And I think part of what I'm also hearing you say, really, it's that accountability piece with yourself, really, right? Just holding yourself responsible for, yeah, if you're justifying or giving yourself a lot of permission for things and then recognizing, you know, that's a really slippery slope. And I love yeah. that analogy. It's like, yeah, if you're living with, you know, some sort of a medical condition, you know, you know, you'll have to do things just a little differently sometimes or or really also kind of be in a preventative state. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like this. It's like, hey, why why let things fall apart again and having to feel like it just start completely over you know, when you can actually be in maintenance mode or you can be in that preventative mode. Um, and, you know, like if a brain is a muscle, yeah, like everything else, like it'll atrophy if you don't use it. So <laughs> like, let's use it. People with OCD <laughs> use it too much. Sometimes <laughs> for sure. It, but also in, in ways where it's compulsory versus really? like... <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was just thinking and, you know, it's just a bad joke. But yeah, <laughs> stop being in our heads so much, please. 
Exactly. And I think that, well, so that's actually a great segue to my next question, which is, and and this may be really commonly asked, um, but I do want to hear your take on it. You know, people ask the question of, you know, why do I have OCD? So, um, or why does, why does someone have OCD, you know, from just what we currently know in terms of research and understanding how OCD works, what would you say? Well, there's this saying in the psychology world of nurture versus nature, which I know, uh, Christina, you're aware of. But for those of you listening, it's this idea of like, where does a mental disorder come from? Is it from somebody? Is it biological, right? Is it nature? Or is it nurture in like the environment you've grown in? And I think the argument overwhelmingly is it's probably both, right? Biologically, we know it can be... um, passed on in generations, right? Like you, your chances are higher if your mom has OCD or, you know, your father has OCD, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's a de- like going to happen. We don't, it's not definitive, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's also the nurture aspect is like, if genetically you are prone and you're already front loaded with that, and then you're living in an environment where you're always anxious and you're always on guard, well, it's going to be a really uh, beautiful explosion of OCD Maybe not though, too, right? It's like, these are all theories and there's evidence that supports the biological piece, but it makes sense that biologically, if we are prone to it, that living in an anxiety provoking state all the time in an environment that's constantly stressed, the likelihood of developing OCD is going to be higher. Yeah, that's actually thoughts? such a beautiful like summary. I think one of the best ones <laughs> I've heard in a while. Okay, good. Yeah, because I think sometimes you know we get away or we start to kind of go into so many different territories, and people start to go deep into well, is it a neurotransmitter? Is it a trauma? Is it a um, and, and I think the reality is like it, it really is just like you said, right? It, all of those things, yes, they all matter, but it's really I just I love that. Like if you're already born with that predisposition. And if you're also having an environmental component that's constantly in that state of stress and distress, um, it, it definitely, your chances are higher that, you know, it can trigger. Um, yeah. Your it only makes up. sense, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm thinking about so many different situations, whether it's, you know, uh, like, you know, trauma on, on all levels, you know, sexual, financial, verbal, physical. Um, right. We're talking about, you know, if, if you're, you know, in a really bad relationship, or if you're dealing with some intense personality issues, you know, chronic, chronic nonstop, and you can't quite get out of things. I mean, all of those kind of situations that we can all think of, you know, are are highly, highly stressful. And yeah. yeah, And can I, you know, I actually do have a follow up with this, which is what's your take on, you know, how um, does stress impact OCD? (laughs) Not good. But yeah, a few things. How does it impact it? Well, when my clients or myself, when I'm having like a good streak, let's say, and I feel like, okay, I'm having intrusive thoughts every once in a while, but they don't bother me as much. But then I'm really stressed, right? Like I've got, you know, a child and maybe she's out sick, but I still have clients and work I have to do. And, um, you know, maybe... I have a bunch of bills that I have to pay and all of these things are stacked against me. I'm not sleeping well. So that means I'm not really eating well. So I'm not exercising because I don't have time to get out of the house and go for a jog. That's not a good setup 
for anybody, your stress level, now you've reduced your ability to fight a a compulsion effectively, right? Like the chances are I am going to compulse are much higher at that point because I am just reduced entirely. Um, But yeah, I mean, intrusive thoughts can become more frequent. Sometimes they actually can go away. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. It's like when we're in total uh, fight or flight response, meaning like we have to move and like everything's on the line and your brain gets so consumed with like the problem in front of you, the real life problem solving that the intrusive thoughts kind of turn down a little. It's like, oh, well, of course, because you didn't have time in your brain to sit there and think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even as you just said that, I mean, in my personal example, um, you know, I've been kind of open about it, but, you know, around my birthday in mid-April found out my mom definitely, you know, has cancer and it's, you know, like stage three and advanced and aggressive and like all this stuff. Right. So like that was one of those where suddenly it's like, you know, that first phase of like shock and just kind of like, right. Taking it in. Thank you. I'm so Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, Talk about stress. So here's a great example, everybody. Right. Exactly. Right. So here's one where I like, honestly, like I don't remember most of me. I was kind of hazy, but then, yeah, kind of like just doing whatever day to day. Right. But in, in, you know, and by June, I do recall like that initial, just cause you're so in it, like what you just described and that thing that's just right in front of you that there were not only were there no compulsions really, it was just getting through the day. Yeah. But by June when it's, it's like, okay, like, okay, we're now the next step. Then when we, you know, started the first phase of treatment, that's when I noticed. Oh um, yeah. Though it was like, and I, and I have never really had any major like health anxiety OCD. And then suddenly here I am and I'm fine. I didn't even realize it until I, I caught myself going, oh my God, I feel this urge. Like I have to go to the gym and I have to go run and then I have to live this way. It's okay. And then I have to eat clean and then I have to, I'm like, wait a minute. And <laughs> like, I did familiar. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I did it for like a good week or so or a little less, but about there, about, about a week, honestly, yeah. before I finally stopped and went, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then I noticed like, if I didn't go, then I would feel horrible. Like, I'm like, oh, I feel like I have to go. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, okay, wait a minute. This is that same <laughs> damn process. I know this. Hold on. I know you, you just changed hats. Yeah, all. exactly. And I was like, you know what? Nope. We're going to, we're going to have that M&M right now. And we're actually <laughs> not going to go jogging today. Yeah, I'm straight you are. Nope. We're not doing it. <laughs> but that and, makes perfect sense. Right? right. It's like mom sick. Now you're in fight. You're just in total survival mode, shock. And then now you're getting things of the dust has settled a bit and your brain's like, Oh, have you ever thought about baby if you would die? Exactly. 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 So it's stuff like that. Right. And that's one of those where already having that predisposition, mm-hmm. knowing like I have a relationship OCD, that's, that's my big one and perfectionism. Um, but here it is, it's suddenly morphed into this health anxiety right. piece and it's still, you know, here and there it like lingers and pops up a little. So I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool. I see it. Right. But that's, that's a, an example of that nature, nurture, right? that biology and environment and then here it is together. And then in that moment, you're not thinking about it, but then later suddenly, you know, cause that's what OCD does. It'll suddenly get sticky and stuck on something yeah. And because right now it's so important for me in my life. It's like, yep. My brain is latching onto it. Yeah. It's like, it's, that's exactly it. And going back to the very first question, which is why would OCD come back? What are the reasons? Well, it's just, we haven't accepted uncertainty in that content area. 
right? Is like you have in the relationship stuff, but have you with health? No, not until about a weekend you did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for this uh, conversation and just yeah. you know, being being real and open. I mean, I, I think that's the value and that's at least what I always try to do on, on my podcast and on the show is, you know, really, really just have real talk because this is the kind of stuff everybody with OCD deals with and mm-hmm. those kind of recurrent questions that we all get. Um, and even if you've had treatment, um, you can still come right back to a place of doubting again and complete uncertainty. And sometimes it can feel frustrating and annoying and you can be even really pissed off about, Oh, Oh, I know the resentment. Right. Like, man, Oh, right. But then I think, you know, like I always say to folks, don't, don't, don't live there for too long, right? Visit it, feel it, let it pass. And then let's come back. That's such a good point, right? Notice it's there, but don't let it interfere with you getting better now. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, um, what are maybe is any word of hope or inspiration you'd like to leave us with today? Oh, that is a good one. Um, you're not alone. I think living with OCD, you, it's a lonely disorder as I experienced it anyways. And I think a lot of other people experience it, especially when sometimes sharing the content can be reassurance seeking and so it's hard to process out loud with people. Uh, but I think there's a sense of community either online or in podcasts, right? Like here, people listening here, maybe they feel a little bit less alone. So you're not alone. These thoughts can be very taboo as well. So the chances are they're not going to share it. But if you hear other people who have similar intrusive thoughts, you're like, hey, wait a minute. I am not the only one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. Thank you for that. And um, if people would like to find you, how can they find you? So I work at uh, OCD LA. And if you wanted to contact me through that, you can email me at kelly at OCDLA.com. And it's spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y. And my Instagram page at obsessive compulsive treatment. And you can also find me at purelyocd.com, which is the podcast I co-host with Lauren Rosen. And we would love to have you on as well, Christina. We had already talked about it. So we'll have to brainstorm something good to pick your brain about. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, that'll be really fun. Yeah, it will be fun. It will be fun. And thank you for having me on. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. To get additional support with OCD and have your personal questions answered, whether you are newly diagnosed, got through treatment and need help maintaining progress, or you can't afford treatment, visit Christina's on-demand Mastering OCD membership at masteringocd.com.